Sego, I'm John Kane, and I welcome you to Let's Talk Native on this Tuesday, July 14th, 2020. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage and in some cases start conversations. We kind of break the rules here for Native Radio. We don't do prayers and we don't do Buffalo speeches. We take a tough look at history, oppression, survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity. And we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We will provide critical thinking to all that is heaped upon us. And we will take on the false narratives. So let's talk Native. Uh, we are doing this live from the Cattaraugus Territory of the Seneca Nation. Uh, if you're watching us, you are watching us on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're listening to us, you are listening to us on SoundCloud or on our podcast. I do recommend that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Native TV, or subscribe, and or subscribe to our podcast. And you can find them on any of your, your favorite podcast platforms by searching Let's Talk Native with John Kane Podcast. Um, all right, well, uh, so the Washington football team ended half of the speculation that's been uh, brewing for the last couple of weeks by officially announcing yesterday that they are dropping the, uh, their previous name, the R word. They're dropping that one. Now, they didn't come out and say what they were switching it to. Apparently, they are having some trouble securing another name uh partially uh, this this is kind of humorous in a way apparently some guy uh who was a probably a washington fan went and uh registered a whole bunch of possibilities uh as names for the team so he's probably going to cash it out make some money off of this stuff if uh if the powers that be in washington with this franchise pick one of the names that he already has registered but that may be causing a little bit of bit of the trouble but the, but regardless they haven't chosen a name yet but they have ended a name so i, I we could talk a little bit about some some of the names that are thrown out there some that really concern me um but you know, one of the questions that, that immediately comes to mind when, when I hear this is, so what about all those high schools, especially the ones who are still carrying that, that R word name? Neshaminy High School comes to mind. There's a, there's a couple in New York State still, uh, Oriskany Falls and Kennesteel Greenwood down in the southern tier. But, but these high schools that are, that are carrying these native mascots and this racial slur in particular, many of them would cite the fact that the the NFL franchise in the nation's capital bore this name and if and if it was good enough for them and if there was no there wasn't enough political incorrectness associated with the nation's capital having a racial slur for name then how does a small little town like Neshaminy or or Langhorne PA have a problem with it um of course that just kind of went out the window I mean and let's be clear the NFL franchise in Washington didn't all of a sudden grow a conscience. They, they didn't all of a sudden get, you know, you know, find Jesus, as, as they say. <laughs> no, nothing like that. And the NFL didn't either. And you know what? FedEx, Nike, um, Walmart, Target, Amazon, they didn't all of a sudden grow consciences either. What they did was they started speculating about what the impact of a broader base part of the public really starting to raise concern about racism. And, and, and this is where this all kind of goes back to the murder of George Floyd and the, and the Black Lives Matter movement and, and the protests that had both 
black people and white people involved in these protests in the riots as well by the way but then it connects up to the to the confederate monuments issue and you can't have conversations about racism and monuments and leave native people out of the issue because there's a bunch of monuments like the columbus ones like the one they just took down um in buffalo (laughs) just last week by the way thanks again to uh, liz mariani for joining me on the last program to talk about uh about what happened in buffalo um but it's almost like when george floyd was murdered and and it was so graphically detailed with video i mean both i mean and, and and all of it i mean what he went through the the callousness in the in that that the police demonstrated the the pleading from the from the bystanders asking them not to kill him i mean and just begging for his life and then ultimately george floyd calling to his mother i mean all of this hits hit spaces in people that normally were able to be almost complicit with racism you know but this like hit an empathy nerve it, it, it like it ignited an empathy gene almost within a broad base part of the, of the non um, black the, the white population. <clears throat> so I think the 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 people who, who watch their money, <laughs> the, the the these multinational corporations who wield these sponsorship dollars. I think they said, look, we we got to stop ignoring some of this stuff. We, we ignored the death by cop thing too long. And now we better find ourselves on the right side of history. Well, Native people are becoming a little bit of the beneficiary of this. Because, look, we've been crying foul about Columbus statues. We've been fine, uh, crying foul about mascots. We've been crying foul about, you know, uh, you know, land desecration, all of this stuff for, for many, many, many years. But now all of a sudden we're being heard. And and like I said, we're not necessarily being heard by the powers that be, but the powers that be are seeing are, are recognizing that we are being heard by the by the rest of the public, that they cater to, that they sell to. So when Dan Snyder makes this announcement. He's not making this announcement because all of a sudden he realizes that it was wrong to call it that. It's just like when these Italian guys pulled the Columbus statue out of out of Columbus Park in uh, in Buffalo. They didn't do it because they recognized that Columbus w- was a false hero. No, they they just said, "Well, we we see what's happening here, and we don't want our we don't want our precious statue damaged." So, look, we'll take we'll take it. <laughs> Change the name. Take down the statue. You know, wipe those four presidents off uh, off the face of the, the that mountain in uh, Lakota territory. By all means, do it. And if you have other reasons for doing it, other than <laughs> decency <laughs> and respect, all right. At least we still accomplish the goal uh, of preventing another generation of people being polluted by the stereotypes, by this white supremacy, all of that stuff. So, but what what happens here is these high schools who were pointing to the Washington football team as as the iconic and, and acceptable use of a racial slur for a name, they don't have it anymore. So where where does the Chamonix High School sit? I, I know I know where Donna Van Boyle sits. 
And I, I know where 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 uh, and Remy sits. I I know those. I I know where 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 those folks sit. But at what point do the powers that be in these high schools who are clinging on to his name and and worse yet, all of you forty something, you know, living in your glory days still about dreaming about being some star athlete that you never were playing with redskins across your your jersey or indians or warriors or whatever the hell else you you, you had on your you know with your cheerleaders and little pocahontas costumes the fact that you're that you are the most adamant and and the most aggressive and vicious people when it comes to defending your high school and then you want to say it's all about pride it's not your pride and in fact what washington is proving that it was never about pride it was never about respect. It was never about honor. It was about money. And it was about branding and brand value. Once that brand value, once the dollar value started to depreciate on what that brand was, <laughs> you, drop, you drop it before you even had another name to replace it with. So all you folks, again, all you 40-something guys you know, and gals, because <laughs> we had plenty of them out in Lancaster making noise when we were, uh, when, when we were facing that battle. But no, you, I, should, I could have worn my Get Over It t-shirt today because that's, you need to get over it. And look, there's still people that are going back and forth on Twitter and Facebook. I mean, the, the, the comment section, you know, sections of, of any story put, uh, put out in the media, it just loaded with people angry. And, and the crazy part is one of the arguments that gets made is, is that we're somehow the snowflakes. We're, we're the weak ones. We're, we're the ones that, are, are, that need to man up. <laughs> and show some you know some courage and some bravery because we're somehow weak for having fought this and yet listen to these people cry around about this thing it's a freaking cartoon character that you've been carrying around you know again living in your glory days or whatever else or or you know or, or putting makeup on to go to a football game i mean it's 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 absurd it, i mean it really is absurd so I, I, the the question that I have is, you know, when did these high schools? I mean, most of look, there, there's been we've been winning that battle too. We've had school after school after school drop any number of of, of native mascots, but there's still those digging in. And you know, and again, the Chamonix High School in Langhorne, PA, comes to mind because, I mean, look, they fought their own school newspaper. I mean, it became a, a national story when their own school newspaper said, no, we're not going to print that word. We're not going to print it anymore. You know, and, and I got to give props. I got to give props to any of the sports writers, any of the sports broadcasters. We, we had t- far too few athletes, but there were some. Who stepped up? I mean, I I get a kick out of the you know the few that wore Caucasians T-shirts and stuff like that. Look, I you know uh, Fred Joseph comes comes to mind. I mean, or Joseph Fredericks. I mean, comes to mind in New York and and getting the response that he he got. I mean, but no, this is I'm not celebrating. You know, and I want to make it sound like we're somebody. I saw a headline that says "Natives rejoice." We're not rejoicing. We're not. I mean. But what I will say is we knew this was going to happen. We didn't know it was going to happen today. And and I'll admit that I am somewhat um, enthusiastic or uh, delighted, I guess, that in the midst of all of this turmoil over racism, and, and again, sorry to say, 
uh, as a result of the murder of George Floyd. I'm glad we didn't get bypassed. I'm glad as, as, as black people and, and, and white allies and, and other people stepped up. Because, look, I support Black Lives Matter. And I don't need to you know, water it down by saying all lives matter, native lives matter, none of that crap. I don't, I don't need to do any of that. I mean, so with, with this movement and with this renewed sense that of responsibility that has taken on not just a I'm against racism or, or I'm not a racist, but I'm anti-racist. So the anti-racist movement is really what we have to attribute some of these changes, the mascots, the, the, the statues. And, and I look, I got to give credit to the Black Lives Matter movement. They are the ones who lit the fuse after the, the, the after many murders, not just the murder of George Floyd. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Taylor, I mean, uh, um, Garner, I mean, uh, Rice, I mean, all these people that have, have lost their lives, uh, you know, to, to, you know, violent police forces and that kind of stuff. Look, I give, I'm giving my props back to the Black Lives Matter um, uh, movement because, it is it is that movement that has sparked a renewed sense of anti-racism. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong; not everybody's biting, and we're seeing a lot of those, you know, those comments on right-wing radio, right-wing uh, television, and and all of that stuff. Um, but you know, ignorance is a is a is a is a funny word because. It, it doesn't have to necessarily be an insult. To be ignorant of something just means you don't know, right? I mean, to, to, to be ignorant means that you haven't been enlightened. It, it means that you, your, your eyes have been covered, your ears have been covered. Perhaps you've been weighted down by, you know, by bad information. So that ignorance isn't always the fault of the person who just doesn't know. But willful ignorance is, is another story. Look, when, when I get the opportunity to explain something to somebody who doesn't know, and then they do know, and you can actually see it, you can see the response, and you realize that you touch somebody. You, you, you've impacted somebody in, in, in the way they perceive things because now they understand there's a different perspective. But the, willful, the willfully ignorant, you're never going to change those folks. And... And we can get caught up in these battles with these, with the, and again, Twitter, Facebook, all, we, can, we can go back and forth, back and forth. And I do it sometimes. I'll admit, there are some times that, that I will get into a banter with somebody who I know I'm not going to change. But part of the reason to, get in the, to, to have that banter is so those who are watching the exchange can see that there is a perspective that isn't being covered. And look, I've got friends... Or, let me put it this way. I got people on my friends list. They aren't necessarily friends, but I got people on my friends list who will still post a bunch of Trump stuff. And look, I could just delete them. And, and frankly, I have. I've deleted a bunch of people. I've blocked people. I, there are native people who who have no problem, you know, spewing some hate on me. I mean, whether it's because they they think I, I don't know. People think I'm wealthy or something because because I do the show. Can I say for the record? We don't make a whole lot of money around here. We we've got a lot of scotch tape and you know rubber bands and 
paper clips holding stuff together here. We buy what we can buy you know, to improve this product, but this is not a fine. We are not a financial success. We are not a media sensation. We are not a viral, you know, a viral sensation. We don't have a bunch of money coming in from YouTube advertisements or anything else. I got a handful of sponsors that I thank every show because they enable us to do this, but Look, they're not giving me Cadillacs here to drive around. <laughs> so, but there are people who who just want to hate, and and again, I get it from some native people on occasion. And and look, if you have a, a criticism or if you don't agree with me, and you want to offer another another insight, another perspective, so we can have a debate, then by all means, and and I will have that banter. But if you're just going to be insulting to me or, or to other people on my page, then I'm, I'm probably just going to block you and delete you. you know, and, and, and it's unfortunate because the reason for doing the show is, is to have a conversation. And what I'm trying to have is the conversation that isn't being had anywhere else. I want to have some of the conversation that is maybe a little tough to have and maybe doesn't have enough background information. Look, I get called from the media when 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 something happens and and part of the reason i get the phone call is because they know i'll say something <laughs> no nobody's ever mistaken me for being shy right so if if a if a reporter's going to call somebody and they want to get a decent sound bite they know they'll get one out of me they know that i'll offer something that is newsworthy i'm not going to give a one word answer and i'm not going to stumble too much and there are some people out there who are going to say, well, why is that guy always on? Why is it always him? Look, I encourage people, and I've said it before right here on the show. We've got room. I've got other chairs in here. I've got other microphones. Somebody wants to join me on the show? I know we're social distancing. Well, we can do it by phone. But if somebody wants to be a part of this program or, look, I'll help somebody do another podcast as long as you're not spewing hate. I mean, I, I don't mind you know having a, a tough conversation about de- decolonization so don't get me wrong I'm, I'm not um i'm not against taking firm action against certain things i you know but i, I don't want senseless you know senseless hate being spewed but i hope people hear what i do and want to do it i i, I warn you there's not a whole lot of money in it so so if you want to get rich you're probably gotta you should probably pursue something else but if you have an opinion that you want to get out there and look a lot of people use my page to, you know to for stuff like that and and i'm okay with some of it but but don't get me wrong the pages that i set up whether or my accounts with twitter or instagram or facebook the whole idea is I'm trying to have a conversation, so I, I'm not, don't necessarily want to be run over by everybody else. But, uh, but, but again, we have to communicate. We we have to do that. And stepping up on the mascot issue or the or the 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 statue issue or, or any of these things, missing and murdered indigenous women issue. There's there are, we have a lot of issues to discuss. And I, before I, I get done with the show, I wanted to be to make a point and make a, a point that's clear. Columbus statue doesn't fix native issues. Washington football team changing its name doesn't do anything for the poverty that exists on native territories. It doesn't do anything to keep somebody from freezing to death in the Dakotas. You know, or it, it doesn't help those you know, strong women who are, you know, and it's not just women, but I, I, the women come to mind, who are out there stopping the pipelines or, or, or fighting for the environment or whatever else. Look, 
there is a lot of work to be done. But when when we see a certain chain of events happen, even if the, these victories, if that's what you want to call them, <clears throat> are not, um, they may not be a clean win. It's not like we we uh, we turned the minds of, of somebody like Dan Snyder with the Washington football team. No, his his moneyed uh, overlords did. The you know uh, the, the shutting down of the Dakota Access Pipeline happened not because we appealed to somebody's conscience. No, it happened because of the existing federal r- regulations associated with environmental issues. And it wasn't because of the damage to us. Most of the environmental concerns has to do with with other species. I mean, so but we're, we're, we'll take it because we're concerned about those other species as well. We are concerned about a statue in a park that is going to um, send a mixed signal to a child or, or even to an adult. Uh, when I think about the, the statues that exist in, you know, in places like Syracuse, where... They literally have Columbus dragging native people to the king of Spain and, and groveling at the feet. I mean, that's one of the worst statues anywhere. That, that one definitely should go. But, you know, the one in New York, Columbus Circle, same thing. There, there are these terribly racist statues all over. And, and again, I, I want to thank anybody who thought to include our issues and the issues that impact us in this fight against racism, in this anti-racist uh, movement that, that, again, I, I, I do have gratitude for the, uh, to the Floyd family because they lost a son, they lost a brother, they, they lost a family member. And there are a bunch of people that are benefiting from it. And, and we are. And, and I'm not saying it, it you know to, to sound exploitive but his death the killing i should say his murder it woke up a lot of people it woke up a lot of people and um and we are all trying to utilize and make the best possible situation out of um out of the death of, of george floyd by saying no we're not gonna let his death go be one of in vain we're not going we're not gonna let that happen we're gonna keep pushing and, you know, when we look at the, the mascot issue, well, well, I guess we'll go for a little, we're, not, we're almost at the bottom of the hour, but, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things here. First off, there's no way they should replace the, the Washington um, racial slur that they had for name with another Native reference. It, it shouldn't be warrior and then have some Native image. It shouldn't be... Anything you know associated with Native people, and and shame on the on whoever it was. I don't know if it was the president or who of Navajo Nation or whoever the hell it was, but whoever suggested that Washington should somehow call themselves the Code Talkers, are you freaking kidding me? I'm going to say this, and I know I say it being the show, we may step on a few toes. Well, here's one of the toes that I want to step on. Can we stop with the heroization of uh, of the Code Talkers? I'm not even condemning those men who did that. But let's not pretend we gave our language to the military. They took it. And they took our men with it. And they took our people and they made them do this. 
This wasn't some big idea that Native people said, hey, you know what? We can solve a problem for you. How about you? The, the language that you've been trying to kill for 150 years? How about you still kill it, but we'll save it for your own, for your, for your radio codes? Do you think that really, that's the way it happened? And let me tell you something else. A person in the field who was a code talker, he had a, uh, he would have somebody stationed with him who was ordered to kill him if it looked like that person was going to be uh, captured. Because they didn't give a rat's ass about, uh, about the code talker. They cared about the code. That's what they cared about. So when I hear people talk about, oh, our language won the war. No, it didn't. The Japanese were not, wasn't going to defeat the United States. And did it save lives? Yes, it probably did save lives. And there's no question about that. But, but don't, let's, let's, I'm sorry. I know it pisses people off when I do this, but let's just stop with the whole, oh, our language was used to win the war and, and we, we helped def- defeat the Germans and the Japanese. It was, it was used primarily on the, uh, on the Japanese front, by the way, which was, on its knees it was it was crushed i mean and so it, it wasn't going to it didn't turn the tide in the in the, in the war put it that way but anyway i don't want i don't want to belabor the point but the idea or the the mere suggestion that after being used and having our language exploited and militarized that somehow we should be used again for this franchise that used a racial slur for 83 freaking years we should give ourselves to them again Jeez. So, no. No, let's just stop with any Native reference. And from what I understand, it does sound like the powers that be at Washington are saying, no, nah, we're going to stay away from that. We're, we're not going to touch anything Native. We, and, it's, and it's not because, you know, it's not out of respect. Don't get, again, let's be clear. It's because they're pissed. They're pissed that Native people did not appreciate their mockery of who we were and so you can bet and, and as a matter of fact you know how dan snyder would fly the 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 few remaining code talkers navajo code talkers and then put a bunch of washington merchandise on them, the hats and jackets and then fly them in and fly them out treat them to dinner and and pose for pictures and all you aren't going to see that happening anymore. Now we're, we're we're done with the whole native thing. We're done. We're done. Uh, you know, and don't even try to hit me with this. Oh, remember, remember that foundation we started up? Yeah, we stopped funding that pretty much along the way too. So yeah, this. <laughs> so again, we'll talk about it a little bit more in, in the second half of the show. But let's let's be clear here. This is um, uh. This has left a bad taste in the mouth of uh, of Dan Snyder, and he he's not going to pick up another uh, an, another native mascot. He's not going to try to honor us anymore. Um, so we can put that behind us. All right, hey, we are at the bottom of the hour, so we'll, we will take a break, and uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll get into it a little bit more. <laughs> so this is John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. We'll be right back. Right, thanks for coming back. This is John Kane. This is Let's Talk Native, and 
We have been talking about the Washington, whatever they're going to call themselves, um, and uh, we'll, we'll get, get into it a little bit more. But first, let me um, give a shout out to my sponsors. I want to thank Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses. I want to thank Eric White and ERW Enterprises and the folks at Grand River Enterprises as well. Um, all right. So there was a few names that, that have been kicked around. And like I said, they did a poll and they they wanted to do something like the Warriors. They were they suggested Red Hawks and Red Tails. Now, Red Tails is a strange one to me a little bit. And look, and, look, and, and I'm not going to like bash it because as long as you're not going to use a native uh, uh, image, then I'm okay with that. But... The Red Tails is is kind of a reference to the Tuskegee Airmen. Now, they're from Tuskegee. <laughs> they're not from Washington. So I don't I don't fully, you know, get the whole Red Tail thing. Um but I know there's other uh, there's other names that were suggested and I've suggested some that were that were kind of sarcastic. I said the Aryans. Um uh there's some that suggest the Hogs and not because, you know, to 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 be insulting, but that's what a lot of fans were. They embraced this idea of the hogs. It was some sort of reference to the, to the linemen, I guess, or something like that. But I do have a suggestion. What? How about the Washington wasps? Now, I know what you're thinking. I realize that wasp is an acronym for white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. But it doesn't have to be. They could actually literally have wasps. I mean, uh, you know, hornets kind of, you know, bees. They got wasps um, as their... And then, you know, maybe there would be a part of this whole, you know, maybe white people would be satisfied with the idea that uh, that the name could be interpreted as some sort of um, endorsement of white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. And, and look, you got W's, you know, Washington wasps. I don't know. Well... And I got to ask the other question. Here's the other question, right? The problem is changing the the team name doesn't solve the other part. The other part of the name that's a problem that is actually racist. And I mean the Washington part. Look, it, it was it's pretty terrible when you've got the name Washington associated with a group of people that Washington ordered terrorism against in his orders to Sullivan and look yeah you're going to change the second part of the name so but it's still Washington and and of course worst of all is it's Washington DC District of Columbia so you've got Washington who's it was a was a bit of a racist slave owner a white supremacist and the city is named for him and the area that the city lies in is the District of Columbia, named after Columbus. So it's, in fact, I asked a question one time. I said, if they do turn the District of Columbia into a state, does it cease to be the District of Columbia and become the state of Columbia? That would kind of suck. But anyway, it, it does it, it does beg the question. And you know, even Mount Rushmore became a a bit of a. A controversy, and as it should be, and it has been uh, controversial to Native people from from the very start. I mean, for one thing, they defaced the the, the Black Hills of the of of the Lakota. They took the the mountain face off of um, a rock formation that the Lakota called the Six Grandfathers, and then they carved four faces that represent white supremacy. 
the 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 latter of the four, Teddy Roosevelt was was a real devoted white supremacist at a time when that was becoming controversial. Look, when when Washington and Jefferson were white supremacists, oh, that was fine because that was the norm for what white people had accepted. And look, they were the the founding fathers of uh, of the United States. They were all white supremacists. They were all slaveholders. They were. I mean, that's what they were. Lincoln, the other face on that mountain. Yeah, he was pretty much a white supremacist too. And even though he gives is given a lot of false credit for being anti-slavery, he knew that he had to uh, take this position against the the southern states and 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 slavery. He wasn't crazy about it and he certainly didn't think black people should be equal to white people. And and again, the the um the interaction that native people had with with Lincoln really kind of seals in the the special and unique racism that native people have experienced through colonialization through you know um uh through rev- the revolution civil all of that i mean we've you know when they teach history they teach history as if they are periods of time where you 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 had that you had the our time the the indians right that's what they used to teach the, the that period of history and that would come to an end with discovery well, well it didn't come to an end uh, or they would and and then discovery would be followed by colonization and then and then you would have revolution and, and it goes on and reconstruction it goes on and on right and it, and the the way it's taught is is as if each period had a start and had an ending but we as native people we had we never ended we're still here, so and so be, for history to be taught in in these ways, it, you know, it, it belies the truth, right? I mean, and that's why racism has been able to continue because the racism that that came from Europe with the you know with the discovery era never ended. Slavery may have been ended uh, as a as a business. Uh, but in many ways, people are still living in the kind of poverty and and, and struggling with the uh, with with what they get paid for their labor. I mean, it, 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 there's still a lot of oppression associated with that, and there's still a lot of racism. Most of what we see today, even as they as they pass laws that are meant to correct an injustice. If you don't go back and fix the, you know, the injustice that that was already in place, you can't move forward if you don't if you don't address the past. And you know, I, I was listening to a program today that talked about racism in housing. Look, if you have, you know, decades and decades, you know, full centuries of of denying people of color the right to own a house to get bank financing, redlining, the whole bit. I mean, all of that stuff. If you deny that, then those people never catch up. They never had their house go from, you know, paying $50,000 for a home and having that home value go up to 200000 or 300000 or $400,000. They never build that kind of equity. So they never have the same level playing field with white people. And it doesn't matter if you say, okay, well, we we passed the Fair Housing Act, we we you know uh, everything's equal opportunity. Well, you can say that going forward, but you never corrected the past. So, and 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 I say that because I got to address something. 
you know, it's easy for people to say, oh, I don't know why you guys are fighting over this mascot issue. That's not fixing any real problem. Well, first off, I beg to differ. Promoting racism and stereotypes, which is promoting racism, is a problem. And it affects our children. And it it affects white kids and black kids because they never get a sense for what is true. And if you hide that truth, it does impact what our relationships are going forward. If you never, if you only treat our existence as something embodied in a mascot, then how do you raise attention to things like missing and murdered indigenous women? How do you raise attention to the poverty levels that are the res- direct result of policies? And, and those policies, all of these policies the United States has had, which, was the, which has always been geared towards genocide in one way or another. Again, keep in mind, genocide is, the, is, is creating the conditions that cause a people to cease to exist. That create the conditions where people cease to exist as the people that they once were. That's what genocide is. It's not just murder. It's not just, you know, uh, you know sterile. It's not just massacres and, and all. It is that, but it's not just that. So these policies that the United States has had in place since the very beginning, and, and, and Jake and I are going to shoot a video on this, so, so look for that, by the way. It, it demonstrates the, aggressive, the aggressiveness that the United States took and is still taking to keep us in a place. And, and one of the places they've kept us was in the dark. So when we raise an issue associated with, with a Columbus statue, or we raise an issue associated with a mascot issue. That may seem like a, like a trivial thing. Because taking a Columbus statue down does not fix na- the native problems. Changing the name of a, of a high school team or a pro team or a college team doesn't fix the problem. It, it, those aren't reparations. <laughs> so when, uh, when, when you hear somebody like Mitch McConnell say about black reparations. Oh, you got your reparations. You had Obama for eight years. What a racist piece of crap to say something like that. But you know what? I don't want anybody thinking that changing the name of a football team was a gift to us because it wasn't. And we know that. It wasn't even a consideration to us. It was about, again, it was about dollars and cents. But by eliminating them, it gives us one less obstacle that we have to overcome when we're trying to educate people about who we are. Because, look, most of the mascots that are used, especially in high school, are wrong. And when I say they're wrong, I don't mean they're just wrong because they're racist, but they don't even characterize uh, who the native people are in the area. Uh, take Nishamani, for instance. The word Nishamani is, is a Lenape word, but the, the, the mascot they use is not, a, is not the image of a Lenape. It's, a, it's a, the full headdress, the Plains Indian headdress that, they, that, that Hollywood has convinced everybody is what a native person is. I mean, for those of us who spend our lives having these conversations, and one of the first conversations we have with somebody who first meets us, oh, how much Indian are you? Oh, you don't look native. 
Well, it's because I'm not wearing a headband and feathers in my hair, and that's what you—that's what every cartoon, every mascot, every movie you've ever seen—that's the image you have. That's not the reality, and we have to overcome that every single time. We have to—we have to have a place to start by wiping out the ignorance. We have to—we have to clean clean the slate of all the bullshit that uh, that people are, are carrying around in front of them before they can even see us, because. They already have it. I, mean, I remember speaking one time at a college, and I, and I told the students there, I says, the first time I tell you that I'm a native person, that I'm Ungwe Ungwe, that I'm Dunyagahaga uh, or Mohawk, all of a sudden, I mean, I could have been standing by you for, for hours, but when I tell you that, all of a sudden you've got questions. Where do you get your food from? Do you live in a teepee? You know, we, we, we literally get those questions from college kids. And I don't mean freshmen. <laughs> so the questions that, that come into your mind is because when you look at me, me I, don't, I don't feel the image. I don't fulfill the image that you have of what a Native person is. And it's because a lot of those images are false. So part of the, the, the reason for raising these issues is to clear some of the clutter out of the way. Because... It's hard to have a, t- a conversation about native children if nobody ever in- even envisions what a native child is. And, and look, I think it's cute to watch a, a native kid dancing in a powwow. But that doesn't tell a story about what our children are living in. It, it, doesn't, t- it doesn't tell the story of what the conditions on our territories are. I'm not saying we, we should wallow in our self-pity and that, and that we need to plaster the internet with, with terrible images. But the... But, but again, some of this fluff that gets put out there, and oftentimes not by us, it precludes our ability to, to, to speak about truth, about the poverty, about the substance abuse. You know, when, when all the stories that were, um, um, were, were being told about the beer store across the state line from, uh, from Pine Ridge that was selling ungodly amounts of booze, in knowing where, where it was going, but this business was thriving. And how do you have that conversation? If, if all anybody has, has an, an image of is, is, some, is, a, is, a, is an Indian head on a football helmet or something that, you know, a Bugs Bunny cartoon or, you know, somebody that John Wayne just shot. I mean, this is, we, we have to, explain and and educate people how the policies of the united states have created conditions that are third world that are third world conditions and we can't even get to that conversation because the first thing we have to do is overcome all of this false imagery that people have created about us i mean even now there's this sense that that native people are either rich from casinos or they're drunks or they don't have jobs, and that's why they can stand on the front line fighting pipelines. I mean, this, this is the ignorance that's out there. So even with, with, with some of the becoming a little bit more visible, there's still, it's, it's still impossible to get the truth of, of who we are out. So when we talk about missing and murdered indigenous women, when we talk about the fact that native men die at a higher rate Per, I, mean, I mean, per capita, we die at a higher rate at the hands of police 
than even black men do. In the, you know, across all age groups, the, number, the percentage of native people who die at the hands of police is higher than any other group. Who knew, right? Who knew? Well, and I'm not saying this to, to undermine Black Lives Matter because their numbers are bigger than ours, but the percentages aren't. I mean, white people, there are more, people, more white people die at the hands of police than, than, than native people or black people, but the percentages are lower. More people die because there are more white people. And, and white people commit crimes at every bit as high a rate as anybody else. The prison population wouldn't say, suggest so. And the, the amount of stops by police wouldn't suggest so. But that's, see, see, that's some of the truth that isn't ever talked about. So some people think that some of these issues are the low-hanging fruit, right? You know, like somehow there's a benefit. I don't benefit economically because somebody took a, a Columbus statue down. I don't benefit economically. I know there were some haters out there who suggested that I was getting bags full of cash. Yeah, somebody actually posted this on, online one time. They said I was getting paid bags full of cash to fight the Washington football team. I mean, are you freaking kidding me? You know, so, so skip your, your George Soros or any of this other stuff. You know, this, uh, you know, this idea that there are people out there funding, you know, this political correctness run amok, as they say. No, it, does, it doesn't exist. If it, well, and if it does, then nobody's gotten my phone number. But... These these issues, they are kind of low-hanging fruit because, frankly, these are the, the issues that should be easy to fix. I understand overcoming systemic racism at the level that really impacts people, like with poverty and substance abuse and, and you know, uh, unemployment. And to be clear, Native people were pushed off of the most um, prosperous lands you know that our people ever saw we we lived affluent lives until we didn't anymore and we didn't anymore because we were pushed off of those lands and oftentimes we were pushed on the lands that people didn't think had any value and then when those those lands did have value oh you mean there's oil under osage land oh there's gold in the black hills oh there's uranium there oh we can run a pipeline through your territory so even when we were pushed onto lands that frankly white people didn't want any part of a lot of lands that were purchased out west were purchased as a place to ship us to you know this this um supreme court ruling that recognized didn't establish didn't give but recognized that the eastern part of almost half of oklahoma is still native lands well what about the other freaking half I mean, the, the entire Oklahoma Territory was intended, originally, was, was to be native land. So, yeah, the court ruled about, about the Muscogee Creek. But what about the rest of it? Where, is, where are the legal land transfers? And I don't mean, you know, something that just white people wrote up. I mean, where is the, is the transfer of sovereignty, the, the transfer of underlying title? Because in spite of the doctrine of Christian discovery, which was this convenient fix that Justice John Marshall you know, promoted in, in the early 1800s, there was pretty broad-based acknowledgement that, that we held land. And we held it physically. We didn't own it in the way that white people thought 
land ownership should go. And that's that's part that was part of the issue. Well, if you don't own it, we're going to claim it. <laughs> See, we felt like we were connected to the land of anything. We, it owned us. And so the attempt to cut that and then force people off through these, not one, but multiple trails of tears. And, you know, payments. I mean, even the Senecas, they, they, they attempted to move the Senecas out to Kansas. And the Senecas said, well, if we go, then what would be the status of that land? And the, and the federal government said, mm, I wouldn't think we'd ask, you'd ask that question. Well, um, we'll tell you what. You own the land you're on right now. If you leave this land, you will own that land out there, and it'll never become part of a state. That's what they told the Senate. And they said, you know what? Uh, we'll stay. We're, we're, we're good. We're good. We'll, we'll stay. And yet we still have this debate. Well, who owns the land? If I have a conversation, I, I've actually called um, congressmen, for instance, and I said, no, you're not my congressman. They said, what do you mean I'm not your congressman? Well, I live on the Cattaraugus Territory of the Seneca Nation. They said, oh, which side of the river? I said, it doesn't matter. This territory is not part of your district. Said, oh, well, yeah, our district does go. No, no, it doesn't. And, I, and we go through over. I spend the first 40 minutes before I can even talk to anybody about anything describing that the land that I live on is not within somebody's congressional district. Why? Because it's not a part of New York State. In fact, there's no evidence to suggest that the land that I'm broadcasting from right now is a part of the United States. Why do I say that? Because in the United States, when George Washington was the president, entered into, or, or they drafted up a treaty where they acknowledged what we already believed and we already knew. They said, the land is yours and we will never claim the same. Yeah, that's what, that's what the United States said about Seneca land, well, about Six Nations land. The land is, we acknowledge the land is yours, and we will never claim the same, nor will we interfere in the free use and enjoyment of that land by you or your friends and allies. Yeah, we didn't write that crap up. They did. And, of course, I've said this before. They wrote this stuff to placate us. You know, I I get disturbed when I hear people say, and look, I even well, I think I got a sign behind me that says "Honor Indian Treaties." Treaties did not give us anything. They they didn't. They acknowledge certain things. There are treaty um, uh, there are there are rights that are preserved by treaties, but not granted in them. So when I hear people talk about treaty rights. That bothers me because that, that suggests that somehow white man wrote some words on a paper and that gave us something. None of those papers ever written, signed, you know, negotiated, ratified, none of them ever gave us anything. In fact, to the extent that any payments were ever dictated in any of those, of those agreements, they were payments for something that they were getting. Not something we're, they weren't giving us money. You know, we know we think you really need money, so let's give you money. And you know what? In exchange for the money we're going to give you, you give us land. No, that's not the way it goes. The way it goes is we need your land. And we'll never ask you for any more until we ask for some more. And, and, and much of these land negotiations had to do with the fact that their people are already trespassing on our lands. We, you know, we had white people convince us that, oh, no, you still own land. We're just going to lease it from you. We're going to pay you every year for this land. 
And you know, some of these treaties or these leases were entered into not just 40 years, not just 50 years, hundreds, thousand, 999 year leases. I mean, how is that even legal? Well, they aren't. And when the, the, uh, the leasee wouldn't pay, we couldn't get the, the, the state or the federal governments to, to get your people out of our lands. They're not paying for it. Say, yeah, well, they're kind of settled in there. Um, can't we pay you for it? So much of the lands that were lost, especially around here, were lost due to treachery. To, uh, uh, there were, it was lands that were defrauded out of us. And of course, every treaty ever entered into by the United States was entered into with the idea that they would break that treaty later. I say that n- not just anecdotally because they broke every treaty, but we have found some writings in, in various places, and we, we, we found letters of you know, the various presidents and other people had, had drafted that made it very clear that they were devious. Thomas Jefferson, he was among the worst. He, he wrote a letter to, to William Henry Harrison where he says, you know what? We need to convince these native people that we love them. We need to cultivate their love. We, in fact, we don't need to love them, but we got to get them to love us. So let's promote our trading houses, our, 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 you know, our trading posts, to give them great deals. In fact, give them credit. Let's run them in the debt. And in fact, run that debt up so high they could never pay it back. Because that's how we get their land. That's, literally, this is what Thomas Jefferson said. He, because once they, we run them into a debt they cannot pay, they'll lop off that debt with their land. And that's how we will, he said, circumscribe them. We, that's how we will surround them. That's how we will get so much of their land that... Native people are going to have two choices. Either they're going to have to completely assimilate, become us, or they're going to have to leave. And, and, he, and, and in his letter, he said, there's no question that if they become us, their history will be erased. I mean, so that's how devious. I mean, I mean people talk about um, risky mortgages, you know, the, the, the financial crisis that was caused by, uh, by, the, by home mortgages. This was an intent by a president of the United States to run Native people into debt so they could foreclose on our lands, literally. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. I know that's the, all that is a, kind of a, a shift from the conversation that I was having about um, mascots. But see... Again, I, I'll go back just before we, we sign off here. It is important to realize that we can't address the inequities of the policies that have created the poverty, that have created the substance, substance abuse. Keep in mind, <laughs> treaties, part of the, the requisition of supplies for treaty making was rum. It was booze. It was liquor. We don't produce drugs on our territory, but they still get here. We don't produce alcohol, they, but they've got plenty of, of beer stores around our territories. We, when, when I look at, at, at what our people are suffering from, the, the, the sex slave trade, which still goes on, starts with Columbus and still goes on today. 
I mean, how would that be such a hard thing to eradicate? Well, I'll tell you why it's a hard thing to eradicate. The people who are responsible don't want it eradicated. The powers that be don't want it gone. They want those man camps to have entertainment. And they aren't going to bring their wives from home to do it. And they're not going to bring their girlfriends from town to do it. No. So we become the casualties of white advancement, manifest destiny, capitalism. In order for people to understand where this stuff comes from, we do have to rid ourselves of some of the, the clutter, the mascots, the, 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 the monuments, Mount Rushmore, Columbus. We do have to rid ourselves of some of that stuff. Because maybe that doesn't seem like it's directly in the way for us to have a conversation, but every one of these things that continues to exist that promotes racism and stereotypes, those things create a barrier for, that, that prevent us from having the, the, the more necessary conversations. And look, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. I can fight a mascot issue and still fight against missing and murdered indigenous women. I can fight against a Columbus statue and still fight for our rights to uh, on land use and reclamation and real reparations. I can fight for that stuff that that stuff too. I know that those are bigger challenges. And I don't want anybody to think that we're rejoicing over a football team changing its name or a bunch of uh, Italian guys in in Buffalo taking one of their statues away so we don't have to see it anymore. Uh, I'm not rejoicing over that stuff. I'm glad that they're gone, but I'm not rejoicing. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, we will be uh, we'll be doing our, our New York show on Thursday, so um, uh, look for Let's Talk with John and Regan on Thursday at uh, 3 o'clock on WBAI in New York City. And, of course, we'll stream it here. We'll put it up as a podcast. Until then, this is John Kane, and this is Let's Talk Native. Nyaweh.